Welcome back to the Breakside Podcast, here for episode 21. This is your ultimate destination for in-depth collegiate and professional Frisbees discussions and interviews. I'm your host, David Adamitis. If you enjoy our content so far, please make sure you give the podcast a follow on whatever platform you're listening to. Also, make sure you check out the podcast on Instagram at Breakside underscore podcast. This episode's guest is coming off his fourth year playing for the AUDL team, the Atlanta Hustle. At the end of this past season, he helped lead his team to a 10-2 and record, earning the regular season South Division title. In addition, he received all AUDL first team honors. A big welcome to Brett Halsmeyer. Brett, thanks for being here. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah, it's awesome to have you here. Um, I think it's going to be a very fun interview, just diving into your experience with the Atlanta Hustle and kind of where you're looking to bring this team you know, in the future as well with, you know, you're definitely an impact player. But first, we have to recognize you were named the AUDL first team this past season, which is quite an honor. So first and foremost, congratulations for receiving that. And just tell me about what that means for you to receive that. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, it feels pretty awesome. Uh, I think, like, there, there's a lot of uh, reasons why this year, like, felt special. But I think it was just gives you like a f- tangible thing of like I've put in all this work you know like all the training you do like in the dead season like to actually have like oh this is like a real real tangible reward for it is it's pretty it's unreal you just don't <laughs> you don't get that in frisbee very often I think and so it was it was really really cool you mentioned that work in the in the dead season, right? We're in that dead season right now, kind of, you know, your uh, post <laughs> post regular season for for the ADL at least. You know, you got the club club scenes kind of going on a little bit, but as winter approaches, it's really without a huge amount of frisbee. What does that off season training look like for you? I am so lucky because I have a huge like group here. I live in Huntsville, Alabama, and um, the big club team here is Space Force, and like. Uh, that's a it's a mixed team and there's a awesome crew who like we will start i assume in like a month once they're uh you know they're ready to go again but we'll start just doing morning workouts we go at 5 30 a.m out to this this track this turf field with a track around it and we just do it for an hour before you like get to go home and shower and go to work that's incredible and that's that's the type of work you put in when no one else sees Right. And you, you as the individual, you're the one putting out a max amount of effort. No one else can dictate you to that level of effort you put in. And I think it especially adds weight to that reward you, uh, award you received at the end of this past season. So really exciting to see what you'll do next year, kind of with the, the stakes are high here. But I want to I focus a little bit more on this past season. Uh, I th- definitely think you're a high impact player on the field. Obviously, that's apparent with your award. But also for your team, you received the, you know, the highest number of receiving yards for anyone on your team. You're definitely a threat downfield. And before this interview, I watched one of your highlight reels, and I think probably 75% of the plays were you catching deep pucks and just skying some guys downfield. So talk to me about what your vision on the field looks like. How do you prepare yourself for those or those deep pucks? What gets you what gets you to understand the flow of the game so that you can time those jumps and those plays like that? Um, the AUDL is is specifically a little it's it's a little bit different, especially going deep compared to like what most people play with club on like a standard. It's mostly just the width, 
um, because you can kind of attack a lot of different angles. You can like, it's uh, like a legitimate opportunity to just like cut at a full diagonal from one corner to the other and just be thrown open there. Um, So I think that's like something that like helps cutting deep a lot in the AUDL. But I mean, it's also like a lot of timing and like knowing your guys really well. Like if your thrower wants to throw this specific angle, I'm going to make my cut, I'm going to shift my cut to be for the angle he wants to hit. Like if he wants, I'm just like thinking specifics like Hayden, Austin Nab, those this like sick breakside fade flick. So I'm going to push my guy a little bit more into the lane and then make that what he wants to throw to. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. And that's, you're talking about chemistry, right? The flow of the game to understand what your guys are looking to do, how you can respond to, you know, perform the best of your abilities and, you know, ultimately come out with a win is always the end goal. And that chemistry starts from day one. You're trying to build with these guys. Talk to me about, you know, what the culture is like for the Atlanta hustle that, you know, tries to foster this on-field chemistry. So this year has been a, like a huge shift for us. I think uh, in the past, it's been a lot of like, we are like really, really good and everybody's putting in a lot of individual effort, but like as a team, it wasn't like quite synced up. And then this year, especially with Tuba coming in, he like, uh, Tuba's an ex-Marine. And so he put the work in on us. Like, I mean, we were like, I, I don't know if anybody's talked about the bear crawls yet, but specifically there was a practice where we did, I, it was 300 or 400 yards of bear crawls total. And so the way you do it is like you do 50 yards at a time. Every time you finish, you go back. And then once the last one was 100 yards, and if you finished, you went back with your teammates and did it with them. And I think that was like a, like it was a mental bonding thing of like, I'm going to be there for my guys every, like, no matter what, like I am dying because I just did so much bear crawls. But you know what? I can go back and do it with my man just to push him through that little extra. Wow. That's, that's really powerful. I think, I think it's sports when you talk about like a group of guys that work hard together for something, I think it's a form of bond. That's you can't really find a lot of other places. And then you put on a team like yourself here with the hustle, trying to ultimately work towards hopefully a championship. And this past season, I, th- I think it was your best regular season performance, uh, 10 and two, you know, great record for you guys there. But ultimately, you know, you didn't reach that championship weekend. You didn't play that, you know, those big games there at the end. So I don't know. I don't want to be the one to say, is that disappointment coming from you guys? Like, I'm sure the expectations were high. You know, what was this ending of this past season? What did it kind of mean for you as a player and for the team? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty sad. Uh, like, I mean, you know, we're you're, we're far enough out now. I think it's it's really only been like, a month maybe a month and a half but uh you you get out of it and you start to go okay like there were so much there's so much positive about this year um but like it, it's especially like right afterwards it's really easy to just focus on like the negative the fact that we lost a game especially we thought we we would have had and like you know i take a lot of like personal blame but you know i, I think there there's so much positive now we actually like got together as a team this last weekend and i think it's more just people are looking forward like hey we if we made this big of a step if, if we do it again what could we be you know how good could we be 
I think that like yeah yeah there's there's a lot of positive but I mean it's it it was it was a lot of disappointment for a for a long time. Yeah. Talk to me about the mental side of that of that disappointment from from your perspective, the individual um, perspective. How do you how do you kind of get yourself back on your feet and keep on going? Yeah, uh, I have sadly been a part of some of the <laughs> most disappointing moments for our team as a franchise ever. Like I think, um, you know, you look back at the 2021 one, that like, you know, yeah, like there, there's like that end play where like they they get the jump ball, but that's like, I mean, honestly, you kind of look at it, you go, that sucks, like we lost, but like, it was for for me, I still look at the moment when I like like Ben Yacht gets that like it's an insane block, like even in the moment I was like, damn, that was impressive, just a just a great block, but I like. You know, I look at that like I could have made that. I could have made that play, and then especially this year, you know, <laughs> there's the like single overtime one that like it's, yeah. I mean, it's tough, but I like have been the only thing I think about with that is that I'm like I can't let that be the last moment. If you let that be the last moment, that's what you get remembered for, and uh, nah, I'm not letting that be the case. I love it. You got to pick yourself back up, and you got to end on a high note, which. Yeah. You know, we're looking ahead to next season and, you know, you're obviously a very talented team this past year. You know, we talked about that, you know, it was a little disappointing how it ended. It seems like looking at the Atlanta hustle record over the last couple of years, the team's on like the cusp of getting there in a lot of these seasons. What are some elements do you think that the team is just missing or looking to add kind of going to going to this next season that would just take you guys that one step farther? Yeah, I think, our MO in the past has been like before this season was that we were like defensive monsters. Like we could go and like, you know, take the ball away from you, like a bunch in a game, get a ton of break chances. And then like, you know, kind of get you into this like grindy game. And then this year we had like our whole preseason focus was, was a lot of offense. Like we like looked at like, okay, how can we create, better situations to like get free yards a lot of stuff like that and so i think just because we had a lot of a focus on offense like we weren't thinking as much about okay how do we keep up that like defense that we've had for years we just kind of expected that to be the same i think that is the step this year where we say okay we've had each we've had an amazing defense we've had an amazing offense now let's put it both together and just be that that team. And you've definitely played a pretty large role in that defensive side of the disc as well. Back in 2021, you were all team, all all defensive team that year for the ADL, which is quite a feat. So, and I believe you led the team for two years with most blocks. Um, so you've had a big impact there. Where do you see yourself fitting into the? You know, you obviously have a very high impact on the offensive and defensive side of the disc. So kind of going forward to the next season, what kind of weight are you putting on yourself to show up for these guys? Um, I personally loved what I the amount that I played this year. I played two thirds of my points on offense and a third defense, um, which I think I like really loved it because you know when the game like especially like later games I would be like later in games I would be like okay I'm only gonna play an offense like for the rest of this game, because that's what we need the most. If we're, we've got a lead or like you can kind of transition, but I think we 
like in the past have been a lot of a we've run a lot of zone which like for me is nice when you're playing offense because you can kind of you know i'm playing the deep in the zone i'm not exactly like you know the guy who's like running all over the field so you kind of get to like you know play a d point without putting in all the like you know killing your body playing it so we'll, we'll see i think we're looking to run more person in the future you know it's so far away now i don't really know but uh yeah i mean i would love to keep that up to be able to i still feel very confident as like a person defender take it away and like dominate when we get the ball there's one i definitely you know relate a little bit to that zone in in college whenever we ran zone i was always the one Marking. So I ran the last oh, so the well, oh. our deep deeps were hanging out. So the opposite of what you had. <laughs> and well, then the disc I, if we get if we get a turn there, you know, I'm dog tired and it's hard to play offense. <laughs> yeah, for, for chain at Pro Champs, I played the front of like whenever we ran zone, I played in the front. Because it was like windy and like the idea was that it's like, oh, if it like pops up, I'll get a chance. And like, oh like that after the fourth time I was like, Man, this sucks. <laughs> oh yeah, your legs are so heavy. It's so hard yeah. to play good O after that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there are very talented teams out there that you guys compete against on the regular, you know, in your own division, you have very talented ones. And obviously, we could talk about all day about the New York Empire, right? They're just dominating uh, yeah. everything out there. Yep. Looking at your own, you know, four years in the league, is there a team that you just love to you know, battle out with out there that you kind of look forward to those matchups with? Um, I mean, like Raleigh is the team like I've played the most, obviously, and like every you know, every game against them is like, you know, is pretty fun and competitive. Uh, like I like all our New York games have been pretty wild. Even like even the one this year, you know, I think people like that was a closer game than I feel like people will remember because I think we had it. We like had it on the goal line down two, um, and then like turned it over there. And I think that, like, you know, that's, like, the moment where you, like, you would look at it and you say, oh, that's where, like, they lost the game. But, you know, like, all our New York games, I mean, we had both the ones in 2021 were overtime. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, it's fun to it's fun to play against that. I mean, like, you know, you know how it is. Like, you know, you've probably, like, all those New York guys are guys that I, when I was, like, watching film before I, like, was he, was playing for like hustle or anybody relevant like i'm watching these guys play like i'm watching jack i'm watching yacht like you know like oh how like what's this guy doing what's this so like it's like almost like you're like i've watched this guy for so long i know what he's gonna do and yet he's still really good and still can do it but like it i don't know it's just a different challenge when you're playing them because they are so stacked <laughs> um but i don't know all our games against them have ended up crazy Oh my, yeah, there's no there's no denying how talented New York is. You mentioned those guys. They're, you're you're up there though with that whole AADL first team selection. Yeah, I think there are three Empire guys on there, yeah. and you you know you're listed with those with those guys up there and the best in the league. So you're hanging with them. I'm curious though, if we want to back this up prior to the AUDL. What's your story? How'd you get into frisbee? Um, so I played like a little bit in high school. I had one of my friends who uh, he ended up going to Notre Dame who kind of got me into it. But then I like, you know, I played soccer my whole life and then uh, kind of like went, I just went to school, wasn't even like really considering playing 
too much past high school for soccer and then just went to UH and went to a random like things like barbecue thing and like people were playing and that's kind of how I got into it I just started like my first tournament ever was in college 2017 yeah and yeah I appreciate like there's some guys who like Eli Jaime who plays he plays for Shred now but like I mean that's like I literally like that's you know the first time I played an organized game was like with him is there any are there any particular you know moments or highlights from those college years that stand out to you um, I mean, you know, I don't appreciate it as much now because, well, like at the time, sorry, I didn't appreciate it, but like we went to nationals, our first, like my first season went to D3 nationals. Funny story. We ended up playing A-Roy, uh, who plays on like truck and ended up playing like Carlton and Cal, but we played against him with Davidson or Richmond, one of the two at D3 nationals when he was also a freshman. But wow. like, yeah, I mean, that's the one that I look at that I like say like, oh man, like I wish I remembered how much going to nationals is special. Like, cause at the time I was like, oh, well, you know, one for one, this is sweet. But you know, like, yeah, that'd I mean, cool. it was, it was super special for like everybody else. Oh, for sure. And you know, I, that's a, the nationals is a, is a tough topic. You know, my senior year at Ave Maria, you know, we went, we lost in the in the championship game for at regionals to get the game to go to nationals. We lost 15 to 14 against Barry College. So, well, you hear the stories, the guys who go. I'm like, that that's incredible. It must be a dream. Yeah. yeah you know, you, mean, you just go in college. You went post in grad school as well, right? With uh, yeah, yeah. That was that was a special one because I mean, I you know, I I think there was you know good things about it. there's good things about going to grad school, but I mean, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't get to play frisbee. Yeah, I mean that one was a really special one. Like I, I like, yeah, I still remember that moment. Like, you know, I the game ended up not being like that close, but it's still like when you score that final goal and you're like, it's just a moment where you just like, I was crying on the field. I know, like, <laughs> you know, it's different. I, college even f- for me felt different because college is so it's so limited. You know, I could go to club nationals. For the like somebody could go to club nationals for the first time and they're like you know 40 if they're still good enough but college you have five years that's it like well true you know special case with the covid but uh you know yeah it's like it's crazy that that like you know you only have a limited amount of time and like i think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people that don't ever do it that it's tough man like, oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a blessing. You got to play in, in, play in grad school as well and, you know, went to nationals multiple times. And you played for the Auburn Atos team, or Itos, I should say. So it's a tough, tough way to pronounce that team name. But we actually interviewed John Michael from that team mm-hmm. earlier this summer, which you're, you, you're familiar with John Michael, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Could you just tell me, talk to me about, you know, John Michael's plan out there, what that whole Auburn team oh, feels like? Dude, Jim was so good. And then I like I maybe he talked about like him getting injured. So I threw that and I underthrew him and like he had to like kind of turn weird. So I like, oh man, I felt so bad. Uh, but he is dude, Jim was so good. I think like the tournament he got hurt in. Actually, no, it was the one before that. Eastern qualifiers in twenty twenty two he like i mean basically we scored on like half of our offensive points just by like me getting under and then him just toasting somebody deep 
and like, all right, yeah, I'm going to throw it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I mean, it's, those guys are special. We heard about the culture from John Michael during his episode and just to hear the excitement of you talking about it, that's it's something special when you can work hard for like for the team that works hard to these goals that are on the national stage. That's it's incredible. And a little bit of a fun question here for you. You wear number six for the Atlanta Hustle, which yeah. I think you wore number six on Auburn as well. Mm-hmm. And then maybe maybe before that, too. I don't know. But what's the is yep. there a significance behind the number six for you? Um, so, like, I, you know, played soccer my whole life. And so, like, I played DM, so like a defensive mid. And that's like the position is number six. Like, that's what it is. Uh, so that's like why I've always worn it. It's also a little bit like my favorite soccer player ever. Chavi, he actually coaches Barcelona now, uh, <laughs> but he like, yeah, like it was his number two. But I mean, yeah, most mostly that's the history is that it's like I just like that's the like in soccer there's like positions. So like the reason why Ronaldo's number seven is because he was a left wing mm-hmm. and he came through. Like ten is like your attacking midfielder and six is like the DM. I like it. I like it. And, you know, we've heard about your, you know, your college experience, we heard about your, you know, ADL experience so far. Where in this process did you first think that I could go play in the AUDL? Where did this idea first come for you? Um, so I first tried out for a team in 2018 with the Nightwatch. Um, and the guy who was playing college with like Eli Jaime, uh, he was on the team that he was on Nightwatch that year. Um, so we were like pretty involved with that and like we were playing college and club together and then we just like in 20 I was, it was weird that Nightwatch did disband that year because Eli and I both decided that we're like all right we want to this is like the team we want to go play for in the hustle um, so we were already planning on going that that way um, and then I like I actually got lucky to even get a tryout my first year because we had a college tournament that, like the weekend and I had to email Miranda directly and like, and be like, Hey, can I come to the clothes tryout without like any knowledge of me? And, you know, she said yes, which was pretty cool. You know, made the team that year. And that's like, that's where it all started with them. So were you playing club and AUD at the same time or college and AUD at the same time? Um, yeah, so I played college in AUDL in 2019. That was the first time where I played all three. Um, and then I basically played every season of each since, except for college in the spring. Um, yeah, so... Utmost respect. How do you balance that? How do you keep your body healthy, it's, man? It's a really long season. I, like, actually was feeling that like at regionals a couple weekends ago where I just like felt the burnout for the first time. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, honestly, this year has been a lot easier. And I think that's probably a big reason why I had a good year. Um, because like the, the people that are doing the like college club, AUDL, all three, your season starts in like December, maybe you would say, depends on what like fall tournaments you're going to in college. And then you play all through the spring and then it leads right into the AUDL games and then right into the club games. And then you finish in the end of October. Like it's a long, like, yeah, it's, it's long, but I mean, like, you know, I, I kind of tell myself this a lot. Anytime I'm feeling a little tired about it, like I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. Like, so yeah, I mean, that, that's a lot of it is that I just, I just think I 
like I enjoy it enough that yeah, it's worth it. Definitely, it's for the love of the sport, right? As I'm not, I'm not yeah. getting paid to do this podcast, but it's for the love. Yeah, of the I sport. mean, <laughs> yeah, we we're not really getting paid to do, do much of the playing, anyways. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> but you're you know pushing your body, and you mentioned earlier in this episode just the off season grind. So mm-hmm. I can't imagine you talk about you're playing all year, and then your off season, so to speak, comes along, and you just got to start training again. Um, you know, sticking with the off season, are there you know you talk about your you're doing workouts with this group. What kind of workouts are you going through? Are you doing sprinting drills? Are you doing drills out in the field, throwing? What's that What's that training look um, like? It's normally not light enough to throw in the winter, so it's a lot of, like, track workouts to start. And then, like, I, I think it'll be, a, it'll be a nice combo this year of, like, like you, know, you do some track workouts to kind of, like, see if you can push your, like, top pace. And then also some, like, explosion stuff because, like, Frisbee is pretty unique in how you like train for it um because like you know there's very few other sports where you have to like be laterally like powerful and quick like kind of like a running back and have the like distance running of like a soccer player or like a you know maybe not quite to the level of like a cross-country runner but you know what i'm saying that like it's it's just a it's a unique combo so you kind of have to train a little different um but yeah i mean that's what it a lot for us it's a lot of track uh and then just different like you know do like band workouts different type of like you know working on your first step quickness type stuff i definitely really i, I ran cross country in college as long as playing frisbee so oh, nice. whenever i would come from cross country in the fall and i would start practicing with the team more there i definitely had an edge just through the endurance aspect and then as the season went on my explosiveness would come along so it definitely has you know edge there and there is a uniqueness to the training in the sport are you guys coming up with these workouts yourself do you have a trainer involved like because there aren't there isn't really that support too much within i talked with uh tobu fitness if you're familiar he does you know a lot yeah, of training I've on seen, instagram I've seen stuff. some of his stuff you know yeah, one um, of his dreams is you know to work with teams like how, how does that work for yeah, you guys so we'll have some workouts posted for hustle in the off season, but not, not a lot. Um, I'm like super lucky. My mom's a personal trainer. Like that's like her job. Uh, so like I can like anytime I have like a question of like, Oh, Hey, should I do this? What I want to get better at this. She can kind of like point me in that direction. Oh, like, sorry, I should also say it's like more specific. She's like specific specified to like athletes. So yeah, I'm super lucky with that. So, like, I've been doing stuff like that for most of my life just because, you know, like, she she's doing it. So I, I would go out there and do it when I was, like, you know, real young. But, yeah, we also have a guy, uh, Mark Olam, who used to play for Freaks. He, like, I, I think he actually restarted the team back in the day. Yeah, he, like, has been coming out for, like, years doing these morning workouts. And he's, yeah, he's great. He, like, leads a lot of them when you know nobody else wants to that's awesome and having your mom as a resource there is definitely i think gives you an edge up on people you know i'm curious though if you could give a piece of advice to someone in college that is you know thinking about playing the udl you know you Mm -hmm. you yourself was in that position not too long ago what would you tell someone that has that dream of kind of following a path very similar to yours training is like it's yeah i mean training is like big but i i think the biggest thing that like 
you know, there's so much film. Watch film, like take like the kind of what I would say is that like I like am as a player, I'm like a combination of like a lot of players that I've watched for a long time. It's like, oh, like, you know, I could watch a game of myself and point to things that I'm doing and say, oh, yeah, I stole this from this guy because I was just watching film. And I just said, hey, that guy does this really well. And then you kind of break it down and you say, okay, how is he doing that? Like, why is he good at this? Um, and you could kind of like, you know, like take things from people where you're like, yeah, he's doing this. I want to do this. And you just can learn by just by watching. Um, and then, you know, you go out and play enough to like apply it. That's a, awesome. It's definitely a testament to you, I think, is being one of the recognized as one of the most talented players in the league this past summer, this past um, season you know, you're still looking out there to grow yourself as a professional. Mm -hmm. So, you know, props to you there. And then yeah, obviously you're at the top and this is your best, best season you've had in the pro league and you're recognized in the top in that league. What, what do you think makes a good player, a great player in the AUDL? I think it's a lot of dual threat in the AUDL is like pretty hard to guard. I think because the field is so wide, it's so big. Um, if you can, if like, you know, you can only do one thing, it's kind of a little easier to like, okay, I'm just going to dictate that this guy, like, all right, I'm never going to let him go deep. Or I'm never going to let him come get the disc so he can huck it. Like, it's a little easier. Um, but man, like, it, it, those are the best players are like the guys who you're like, well, I don't really want him to go either way. So I think that's like, I think if you look at the best players, that's like people that come to mind for me first are like, you know, like Fairfax is like the one that's like, you're like, damn, well, you can't really let him go deep because he's going to like sky whoever. And then if he comes under, he's kind of got like really good throws. So I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's like a, a thing that separates the best. As someone, you know, you definitely have a very good defensive mind for Frisbee. We talked about that earlier. Is there a way to slow those guys down who are dual threats? Or they just they can just run the field. How do you combat that? So I play defense. I I mean I sure I I assume some people do this too, but uh, I think I like very like I I play defense super custom where I like am trying to just see the field and then predict where my person like is supposed to go in the offense. Um, so I think that can kind of help you a lot. But I mean yeah, when you're caught on that island with somebody, you just Normally you just say, okay, I'm going to like pick one, refuse to give that up and then be okay with the other getting like the other happening. I think like, you know, I think it's something we say a lot where it's like, you're always, you're like denying one thing and then contesting the other thing. So if you're like, okay, well, I want to push this guy out. I'm never going to let him get underneath me. And then if they throw it, I'm going to be there if it's not perfect. I like it. At least putting in a fight wherever you're at. Brett here, I would love to ask, you've definitely accomplished quite a bit in a very short career, but what is what is your dream for Frisbee? Sadly, my first dream, my like initial one for like a few years uh, was that I was like, like, oh, Frisbee is going to be, in, it's going to be beach in the Olympics in 2028. And I was like, I could get on that team. Um, but it seems like that's off for now. So you know, that, I mean, that one's still like, if it's like somehow makes the, the 32, 
man, that sounds weird to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, Olympics, I like, yeah, I mean, that's like, that's like the dream. But right now, like, I mean, my goal is to make, I want to make this national team cycle coming up next year. And then World Games is only, it's 2026, I think. It's not that far away. No, maybe it's even earlier than that. Maybe 25. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, that World Games team, I mean, that like, I think there's, it's hard to debate that that is not the best seven players in the world at that time. And like, I think I could be that in two years. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's that's what I'm looking at right now. Do you think winning on that world stage means more than winning an EUDL championship or a club championship? Yeah, I think this is actually something that we've been talking about recently of like, what is the, I, I think like, yeah, World Games may, is probably still the, that's probably the peak. Um, but I think it's definitely a question of like, you know, what is the like biggest thing in the sport? Because I think a lot of sports have that like, that one thing, like, you know, for soccer, it's the World Cup, for you know, basketball, it's an NBA championship. Like, it's pretty, you know, clear. And I don't know if we have that yet in Frisbee. But I think the World Games is probably the biggest one for now. It is, yeah, definitely very big, representing, you know, USA on the, on the world stage. But I think a little asterisk you, you can make against that is, you know, America obviously has very dominant Frisbee. Um, I think we kind of waltzed through the last world cycle. Um, do you have a take on that? Are there other teams you see kind of stepping up? Or do you think the, the best Frisbees in America? We do always lose, though. <laughs> like that, it's like not we te we always end up winning the tournament, but we do like like I mean they lost to Germany this last one and then and then Colombia the one before. Um, I think I mean I, like I think internationally the like teams are getting a lot better. Like we have just two internet no three international players on chain this year. Um. So like one from Germany, one from New Zealand and one from Australia. So, I mean, I think like, and there's, there's a ton of people on all these different teams, these high level club teams now that are like from like other countries. So I think it's definitely becoming more even, which I think is overall a, a big positive for us as a sport. I agree. When you see someone else excel, like that's only good for the sport, right? Cause it brings yeah. publicity and, and, and viewership to it. And you just want to see people get better, right? That's a, that's a natural good yeah. thing to do. So wish you all the best in that goal. I would love to see how it shakes out in the next couple of years with you. But that kind of brings us to the close of this interview. I want to open it up. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, Not not really. Uh, I think I just, you know, watch some club nationals next week. You know, like it's that's that used to be like when I wasn't like there. That used to be like the, you know, that was the Christmas day of the like, Oh man, there's like four games getting filmed. Like, oh man, I get to do this while I'm in school. I remember like being like, all right, well, there goes my attention span while I'm in class today. Oh, that's fine. Are you rooting for someone uh, particular this club nationals? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we would love the old chain lightning to do pretty well, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I think other than us, let's see, Shine, just because I know a lot of people on them. Uh, I can't I can't say honestly that I would want to root for another men's team sadly I'd love to uh, yeah I'd love for everybody to lose except for us 
Um, <laughs> Fair and enough. Then, <laughs> let's see. Ozone's not at women's. I would actually, I like Sixers. I love watching them play. That's the like Toronto women's team. And then I, I feel like I don't remember the last time DC like Scandal won a championship. So that would be cool. I think that's that's if I had to pick one, I would say I would like to see Scandal win a championship. All right. I appreciate it. Yeah, and that brings us to the end here. Thank you for everything you've shared with me, especially, you know, learning more about the Atlanta Hustle. Wish you all the best. And once again, just want to say congrats on your awards this past off, uh, past AUDL season. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's fun. Definitely. And make sure you check out the Breakside Instagram at Breakside underscore podcast and our Twitter at Breakside underscore pod, as well as check out Brett, Brett Holzmeyer on Instagram and the Atlanta Hustle. See what they're up to as they train this offseason. And that brings us to the end of episode 21. This is David Adamitis, Brett Holzmeyer, the Atlanta Hustle. Thanks for listening. Have a